You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I am your host, Kayla Kinnaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. Guys, our first episode of 2023, and we get to talk about a win. But it was another close game, 27-24 against the Broncos at Arrowhead. What are our thoughts on this one? <laughs> well, oh man, you know, it'd be cool if they stopped being the only team in the NFL that made Russell Wilson look like a semi-capable quarterback again. Right. That, that'd be nice. I mean, I'd love to just come on here and be like, a win's a win, because there is a portion of that. Especially when you're playing for the one seed, especially when you made mistakes again, especially when you turned it over multiple times again. So all of those things could have played out, but it's really hard to watch or sit through an entire football game when it is painfully obvious to everyone watching the game who the more talented and better team is. And then at any point in the game, first quarter, half, third quarter, or the end of the game, you look at the final score and you're like, why? Why is it close? You're clear. Like we can see that you're better. It's not even like one of those games, Nick, where the worst team plays like the good team, like the Raiders versus the 49ers today. It's not even like that. It is clearly one team is better, and yet the score is close the entire time. Yeah, I, I keep doing that during the game where I'm saying, okay, this team sucks. I go back to the same thing. My, my conspiracy theory that the Chiefs try to score the exact amount of points to win every single football game without going over, right? It's like... <laughs> It's like uh, the price is right. You know, they don't want to they don't want to score too many points. They're saving them for later in the season. But then I, you know, I get in the car and you drive home and then you think, OK, well, they're winning football games and it's not a given in the NFL. The NFL is weird compared to like basketball, right, where you play three games a week. So if you have a bad game in 48 hours, you have the chance to shake it off and prove that, OK, that was a one off. We're actually good. In football, you have a week. We have a week. We have six days to sit there and think about it and talk about it and wonder why things didn't go exactly the way that they planned. But in the end, we're going to get to the end of the regular season. This team is 13 and three, and they are, as it currently stands, the one seed in the AFC. Now, if you're listening to this, let's go later on Monday night. That might not be the case. So (laughs) like, doesn't it doesn't isn't it kind of hard to sit here and nitpick when you you have to compare the Chiefs to their competition, not to themselves. But because they have been so ridiculously good under Reed and Mahomes, I feel like that's what we're doing when we're getting upset that they're not winning by enough. We're comparing them to our expectations for them, which is why not just win every game by 10 to 15 points? When the reality is, compare them to everybody else in the AFC. If you do that, they're going to come out and stack up really well. It's hard because like this was a tough day for that because all the teams you played closer games than you should have got their ass kicked, right? The Rams got their ass kicked. The uh, Texans got their ass kicked. The 
by by teams that you might play in the postseason in the Jags and the Chargers. And it's just like, ah, you know, it sure feels like that. And then you go to point differential and you realize that the Chiefs are third or fourth in that stat and have been somewhere in the top five for the entire year. And you're like, okay, just so you know, what they win by is more than what most teams win by on average all the time. So just as a heads up, this is not the way that it works. I get, and I, you know, like I used to try to forgive divisional games because divisional games are weird and they are closer than they should be sometimes. And that happens a lot. I found myself this year, not wanting to do that with the Broncos because they were such a laughing stock, but we'd said in the podcast, and I think there's something to specifically this game. I was more frustrated after the last one versus this one against Denver because Denver actually had some things going. They had a coach who got the interim coach boost. I think that's a real thing. He shockingly, I don't know what the hell took so long, put Russell Wilson outside the pocket, like play action and moved him. Things that a coach should have been doing with him literally the entire time. So maybe Russ was only going to listen for this one game and that was the way it worked. And by the way, it's not like Russ lit the world on fire, even regarding that. And Denver's defense played more close to their caliber of defense than they did the last time out against Kansas City. So those things to me can equal a close divisional game. There were a couple times in this game when I thought Kansas City might put it away or was getting ready to put it away and they were unable to do so. But we were one stop in the fourth quarter away from the Chiefs going up like 13 or 14 and then being like, well, it was closer than it should have been for a half. This game ended two touchdowns apart. So I feel like I don't know if you guys agree. I found myself way more frustrated after that last one than just a grinded out division game this time. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking, are we really going to start the new year off with a loss to the Broncos? But every time (laughs) I think that they turn it around in the fourth quarter. Nick, you were at the game. What was the vibe like at Arrowhead? Weird, like sort of frustrated. A lot of moans and groans. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, is it going to be one of these games? Like, it's Arrowhead. So in the moments where the crowd needed to, you know, bring energy, it brought energy. But a lot of the offensive drives, right? It was more on the offense than the defense because going back to expectations, there are unrealistic expectations for this offense, which is they're going to move the ball down the field and score a touchdown on every drive. So when they sort of stall or when Mahomes threw an interception in the end zone, it was like, are you kidding me? Like against this team, right? Is it going to be another one of those weeks? And I feel like that is a theme. There is this expectation that the Chiefs are going to make bad teams look good. And that's kind of what they did on Sunday versus Denver. It's been a theme, but we're getting the win. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard when a team goes 14 and three. Nobody, nobody on this podcast and certainly no one in the real world, like looks at their 14 and three, like the way the Vikings are. No one thinks paper tiger. No one thinks the Chiefs are a complete fraud. We all we all think the Vikings are a fraud. We're like, that's a fraudulent team that ain't going to last. Or the 11 and 0 Steelers team from a couple years ago were like, that's fake. That's not real. And we know it's not real. The Chiefs have had way too much success over the last half decade to give them anything but the benefit of the doubt that sometimes they just play bad against good teams or against bad teams. Like it happens, right? So what? But they win and they go to AFC title games and all that stuff. I do not think they're fraudulent. I think uh, I think there's probably some truth to the idea that Andy coaches a little conservatively in games like these that don't matter. Now, yeah, they matter in terms of playoff seating, but you're not attacking this game the way you would if it were the Chargers. You're not attacking this game the way you would if it were the Bengals or the Bills. And I think with two weeks to go in the regular season, 
knowing that, yeah, we want to get the one seed, but at what cost, right? Let's maybe, let's maybe keep a few bullets in the chamber because we know the postseason's less than a month away. Look, you might be able to treat the Raiders game differently next week if the Bills do lose. You'll listen to this podcast, but if the Bills do lose to the Cincinnati tonight, maybe you'll be able to treat that like step on their throat well, yeah, week because, 18 against, because then it is the one seed. It's there. Well, that's, that's basically a playoff game that replaces what would have been the wild card weekend, right? Yeah. Win this week, and then you get a bye next week. That is worth going all out for. Yeah. I will say it was nice to have a few calls go our way this week. Yeah, that was a pretty generous uh, offensive pass interference call. (laughs) (laughs) I would call that questionable at best. Um, Look, he extended his arm. It's not that you can't by the letter of the law call it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think if that was on the other side, Chiefs fans would probably not agree with it. Correct. And the uh, sack by Jones at the end. No, that was the NFL's fault. Fuck that call. That one still frustrates me. They spent this entire year like flagging the Chiefs for all these calls. And they didn't flag them on this one. They spent the entire year flagging and be like, hey, stop being mean to the quarterback. And they had all, they could have counted to 10 Mississippi on Chris Jones. Push, pushing Russell was back to try not throw him down. Just hold him up, shoving him back. Like, come on, man, pull the whistle. And then they don't. And then he flips him to the ground. And I'm like, oh, my God, if they call a flag here after they had every opportunity to just blow the damn thing dead. But then thankfully, they didn't call a flag. But like that, like the protect the quarterback stuff is frustrating because I thought we all agreed that at least when they're being held up to be a quick whistle on the quarterback. Agree. Um, guys, special teams mistakes reared their ugly head once again. We had a botched extra point, a missed field goal, a muffed punt by Tony. Not great. Um, the kicking situation is really starting to scare me. Look, I, I hope my instant reaction to Twitter is, you know, like sometimes you instant react on Twitter and you're like, ah, maybe I took that too far. But at this point, we are now recording this roughly four hours after the game ended. I still think. That if the Chiefs lose a playoff game, it is going to be the special team's fault. How can I not think that at this point? They turn it over as much as Patrick Mahomes does. Tommy Townsend and Bucker look lost between each other on a just a just a regular 50-yard attempt. And it looks like a normal hold, like he's holding it there and the laces are out. So we're going back to this cold quick conversation. But they're still having a little chat about what the hell went wrong that they didn't like. In addition to the one that Tommy just dropped and you're just like, I can't. How is it? How is it every time? I can't believe I I officially am in the I've been in the mode, but like I want them to go full conservative. I, I know it sounds but just have someone stand back there and catch it. Justin Watson did that. Just have him stand back there and catch it and nothing else. You were not allowed to return it. I'm not interested in you returning it. I don't care if you put nobody back then you try to sell out for the block. Nobody's allowed to run forward with the ball after a punt return anymore. That's at least seven points that the special teams gave up today. Yep. Right? One on the extra point, three on the field goal. The muffed punt gave him the ball, what, inside the five-yard yeah, line? Broncos scored in the very next play, right? The Russell yeah. Wilson mm-hmm. So that's, let's just, let's be conservative and say that the Broncos, let's say the Chiefs, all right, I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say the Chiefs would have went three and out on that drive and then punted and then the Broncos came back down and scored three. And again, that's conservative given how these two teams play football. So there's seven points right there. If you want me to throw in the Mahomes interception, I know that's not special teams, which is what we're talking about here. It's 14 point swing. 
completely different ball game. I just broke down the entire game for you. Wow. Right. <laughs> That's it. That is That's the it. entire game. But game seven points, if, if special teams is ever swinging you negatively, seven points in a game, we're talking about a major issue. And it's not the first time that it's happened this year. I'll be honest, Cody. I turned to someone. I don't think I said that that's how the, the season was going to end, but I said, would it shock you if the Chiefs season ends on a missed field goal? No. Or a botched punt? Uh, if, if, the, you're, if you're telling me to predict, I'm, I'm with you. If the, season, if the season ends prematurely in the postseason, like that's how it's going to be because at, at some point, you don't ignore the smoke. You don't ignore the mounting evidence that this is an issue for this team. Every sport comes down to this this very general thing. Baseball works the same way. Basketball, the same thing. You're coming down to the final 30 seconds, Nick. It's a it's a tr- it's a circle of trust. It's who do you trust in this moment? And if the Chiefs have a minute and a half to go and a team is getting ready to punt to them and they are down six points, I'll take my chances with Mahomes. Screw the long punt return because I don't trust it's coming. It hasn't come. And I don't think that it's just going to start happening. I'd rather just Give the ball to Mahomes and find out how the cards play. I feel the same way about field goals right now. I know that there are times like today, the distance made sense to kick the field goal, right? They only had five seconds. They got down there super quick. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, fine. But if you're telling me if we get to a point where a couple of extra points get missed or an extra point gets missed early in a playoff game, you're going to have you're going to have a hard time not convincing me that I don't trust Mahomes more for two yards than Harrison Butker from 32. Because right now, if I asked you, Nick, do you trust Harrison Butker on a neutral field with guys trying to block it to kick 33 yards or Patrick Mahomes to get two? Are you sure that the answer isn't two? No, of course it is. Of course it is. At this at this point in the season, you can't be in the camp of let's just hope things get better. Right? There's one week left in the regular season. We know who these teams are. If somebody has shown you time and time again, like, hey, this is what we do well, this is what we don't do well, believe them. This is not the time to assume that all of those mistakes that you've seen for the past four months, they're about to go away. Like, I, I, wish, magically. I wish that were the case. And if it gets to the point where we know they're going to have to rely upon Butker for big field goals, then you know I'll be crossing my fingers and hoping it gets back to normal. But at this juncture, that's, it can't be what you expect from this unit, right? It's just not a guaranteed three anymore. Nick, with another relationship quote, when someone shows you who, who they are, believe them. That should be be on like a Facebook meme, you know, (laughs) that definitely feels like what somebody changes their status to when they put feeling complicated (laughs) and somebody says who they are. Trust them. This will be a good uh, barometer here because Kayla, you're the eternal optimist on the show. So if anybody were going to hold out hope that the special teams is going to be okay, it would be you. So now we need to find out where you stand on this. Oh, no. Well, I will say I used to have all the confidence in the world when we sent Bucker out there to kick anything. Same. And now I'm not feeling confident. And it scares me because he was always a sure thing. And I don't like going into the playoffs this unsure about our kicker. I so guess the one I, I asked you guys about this last time we talked about special teams, punt returns versus kicking woes. And I think if I remember correctly, you both were on the side that the punt, the punt, the muff punts were a bigger issue. And we saw both of them against Denver, right? So we're not cherry picking conversations here. Are you guys still in the camp that the muff punts are a bigger issue? Yeah. No. I, I, I think they give him a short field. Now here's the problem. Tony hasn't really done that. Um, not nearly as much as Sky Moore was doing it, but I don't like anybody else joining the parade. <laughs> I'm like, with, I don't, I, 
I'm with you, Kayla. Like to me, it's still kicking because Cody, there's, I can't explain to you why the punts are an issue. I can't explain to you why, like, cause I was out yeah. on the ride home with Lindsay today and my girlfriend, she doesn't watch uh, a ton of chiefs games, but she says, it feels like every time I watch the chiefs, somebody is screwing up punt returns and I don't get why. It's like, is it the same guy every time? I'm like, no, that's what doesn't make any sense. They put a different guy back there. And she goes, how do you fix that in season? I go, I don't know. I think you just keep trying different guys and hope that one of them just doesn't screw up. But at this point, I can't explain to you why it continues to be an issue, which I guess means that's why I'm confident it won't continue. Whereas yeah. with Butker, like there's just something wrong there. And he's your only option at kicker. There's no other guy. You can't just turn to someone else and say, why don't you, you're not going to go to Justin Reed and say, Hey, you know what, bud, uh, you're, you're on extra points. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. So I, that's, that's still what concerns me. Like I, I, when I close my eyes and picture the season ending, it's Bucker, you know, missing a field goal wide left. And that, uh, that haunts me a little bit. I hope it doesn't come to that. 